This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Lucy Burgoyne. Bohemian San Francisco Its restaurants and their most famous recipes The Elegant Art of Dining by Clarence Edwards Section 14 Some Food Variants and About Dining Some Food Variants Variants of food preparation sometimes typify nationalities better even than variants of language or clothing. Take the lowly cornmeal, for instance. We find that Italian polenti, Spanish tamale, Philadelphia scrapple, and southern darky crackling cornbread are but variants of the preparation of cornmeal in delectable foods. It is a long step from plain cornmeal mush to scrapple, which we consider the highest and best form of preparing this sort of dish. But all the intermediate steps come from a desire to please the taste with a change from simple cornmeal. Crackling cornbread is the first step, and here we find that the darkies of the South found good use for the remnants of the pork after lard was tried out at hog-killing time. By mixing the cracklings with their cornmeal and making a pone, which they cook before an open fire, on a hoe-blade, the first of this being called cracklin' hoe-cake. Good scrapple is one of the finest breakfast dishes that we know during the winter and when prepared after the recipe given here, it precedes all other forms of serving cornmeal. To mix it properly, one must know the proper values of herbs and condiments, and this recipe is the result of much discriminating study. Modesty prevents us giving it more than the name of scrapple. It is prepared in the following manner differing from that made in Philadelphia. Grapple. Take a young pig's head and boil it until the flesh drops from the bones. In water to which has been added two good-sized onions. Quartered. Five bruised cloves of garlic. One bay leaf. Sweet marjoram. Thyme. Rosemary. A little sage salt and pepper. Separate the meat from the bones and chop fine. Strain off the liquor and boil with cornmeal, adding the chopped meat. Put in the cornmeal gradually until it makes a stiff mush. Then cook for half an hour with the meat. Put in shallow pans and let cool. To serve, slice about half an inch thick and fry in olive oil or butter to a light brown. As originally prepared, the tamale was made for conveyance, hence the wrappings of corn husk. This is a Spanish dish, having been brought to this country by the early Spanish explorers. 
and adopted by the Indian tribes with whom they came in contact. In the genuine tamale, the interior is the sauce and meat that goes with the cornmeal, which is alternately laid with the husks. And when made, the ends are tied with fine husk. For meat, chicken, pork, and veal are considered the best. There is also a sweet tamale, made with raisins or preserves. The following recipe for tamales was given us by Luna. Tamales Boil one chicken until the meat comes from the bones. Chop the meat fine and moisten it with the liquor in which it was boiled. Boil six large chili peppers in a little water until cooked so they can be strained through a fine strainer. And add to this the chopped chicken. With salt to taste and a little chopped parsley. Take cornmeal and work into it a lump of butter the size of an egg. Adding boiling water and working constantly until it makes a paste, the consistency of biscuit dough. Have ready a pile of the soft inner husks of green corn, and on each husk spread a lump of dough, the size of a walnut, into a flat cake covering the husk. In the centre of the dough put a teaspoonful of the chopped meat with minced olive. On a large husk put several tablespoonfuls of chopped meat with olives. Roll this together and lay on them other husks until the tamale is of the size desired. Tie the ends together with strips of fine husk and put in boiling water for 20 minutes. Either veal or pork may be used instead of chicken. Polenti, properly prepared, is a dish that requires much labour and scarcely repays for the time and exertion spent in its making. It differs from scrapple in that the ingredients are mixed in a sauce and poured over the mush instead of being mixed in the meal. In the new Boyangusto restaurant in Broadway, they cook polenti to perfection, and when it is served with cipino, it leaves nothing to be desired. This is the recipe. Polenti For the gravy, make a little broth with veal bone, a small piece of beef, a pig's foot, neck, feet and gizzard of chicken. In a separate kettle, cook in hot oil one sliced onion, one clove of garlic, a little parsley, one bell pepper, one tomato, a small piece of celery, and a carrot. Cook until soft and then add this to the broth with a few dried mushrooms. Cook slowly for 30 minutes and then strain. For the mush, 
Boil cornmeal until it is thoroughly done, and then cool it until it can be cut in slices for frying. Mix butter and olive oil and heat in a frying pan, and into this put the slices of cornmeal, frying to a light brown. Place the fried cornmeal in a platter in layers, sprinkling each with grated parmesan cheese, salt and pepper. Take parsley and one clove of garlic chopped fine and a can of French mushrooms cut in quarters and fry in butter. Then add enough gravy to pour over the fried cornmeal. Place this in an oven for a few minutes, then serve. About dining. Table d'hote is the feature of San Francisco's restaurant life. It is the ideal method for those who wish a good dinner and who have not the inclination or the knowledge to order a special dinner. It is also the least expensive way of getting a good dinner. It also saves an exhibition of ignorance regarding the dishes. For if you are in doubt, all you have to do is to leave it to the waiter, and he will bring the best there is on the day's menu, and will serve it properly. It is really something to elicit wonder when one considers the possibilities of a table d'hote dinner in some of the less expensive restaurants. Take, for instance, the Buon Gusto in Broadway. This restaurant boasts a good chef, and the food is the finest the market affords. Here is served a six-course dinner for 50 cents, and the menu card is typical of this class of restaurants. What is provided is shown by the following taken from the bill of fare as it was served us. Hors d'oeuvres, four pints, five kinds of salad, two kinds of soup, seven kinds of fish, four kinds of paste, broiled spring chicken, green salad with French dressing, ice cream or rum omelette, mixed fruits, demi-tasse. With this is served a pint of good table wine. As one goes up with the scale of prices in the restaurants that charge a dollar, one dollar twenty-five, one dollar fifty, two dollars, two dollars fifty, and three dollars for their dinners, it will be found that the difference lies chiefly in the variety from which to choose and from the surroundings and service. Take, for example, the following typical menu for a dollar dinner. Serve at the Fiore d'Italia and compare it with the 50-cent dinner just mentioned. Salami and anchovies, salad, chicken broth, with the Italian paste, fillet of English sole, sauce tartare, spaghetti or ravioli, escallop of veal, 
caper sauce, French peas with butter, roast chicken with chiffon salad, ice cream or fried cream, assorted fruits and cakes, demi tassar, wine with this dinner is extra. Now going a step up in the scale, we come to the dollar fifty dinner as follows. Anchovies, salami, note that it is the same as above. Combination salad, tortellini di bolognese soup, striped bass a la libanese, ravioli a la genoese, and spaghetti with mushrooms. Chicken sauté, Italian style with green peas, squab with lettuce, Savoni, fruit, cheese, coffee, wine is extra. Let us now look at the menu of the $3.50 dinner without wine. Pate de foie gras, truffles on toast, salad, olives, Alice Corstaff, Italian ham, prosciutto, soup, Semino Italiano with Brode di Capone, Pompano alla Papalotti, Tortellini with fungi, a funghetto, Fritto Misto, Spring Chicken Sauté, Carchiofi all Inferno, Capretto al Forno con Insalata, Omelette Celestine, Fruit cheese, and black coffee. This dinner must be ordered three days in advance. These menus will give a good idea of the different classes of dinners that can be obtained, between our dinners to suit all tastes and pocketbooks. If you wish to go beyond these, there is no limit except the amount of money you have. If but the food value be taken into consideration, then one will be as well pleased with the fifty-cent dinner as he will be at the higher-priced meals. But if light and music and brilliant surroundings are desired, then one must pay for them as well as for the meal he eats. All of the restaurants mentioned serve good table dope dinners giving an astonishing variety of foods for the money, and it is all cooked and served in a manner that leaves nothing to be desired. As before mentioned, if you wish a table d'hote dinner composed entirely of seafood, you can get it at the Shellfish Grotto for one dollar. A good rule to follow when dining at any of the restaurants is, when in doubt, order a table d'hote dinner. You will always get a good meal, for the least outlay of money and least expenditure of thought. Often one desires something a little different, and this is easy too, and you can conserve your brain energy and get the most for the least money by seeing the proprietor or manager of the restaurant and telling him that you wish to give a little dinner. Tell him how many will be in the party, 
and give him the amount you wish to spend. It will be surprising, sometimes, to see how much more you can get for a slight increase in the price. Of course, your wines and cocktails will be extra, and these must be reckoned in the cost. From this we come to the ordered dinner, and here is where your own knowledge and special desires come in. Here, too, comes a marked increase in the cost. You now have the widest range of possibilities, both as to viands and as to price. It is not at all difficult to have a dinner without wine that costs $25 a plate. And when you come down to the more normal dinners, unless you confine yourself to one or two dishes, you will find that you far exceed in price the table goat dinners of equal gastronomic value. While this is true, it is well to be able to order your dinner, for it frequently occurs that one does not care to go through the heavy course dinner provided table d'hote. Sometimes one wants a simple dish, or perhaps two, and it is well to know something about them and how to order them. We have made it a rule whenever we have seen something new on the bill a fair to order it, on the theory that we are willing to try anything once. And in this way we have greatly enlarged our knowledge of good things. It is also well to remember national characteristics and understand that certain dishes are at their best at certain restaurants. For instance, you will be served with an excellent paste at a French restaurant, but if you want it at its best, you will get it at an Italian restaurant. On the other hand, if you desire a delicate entree, you will get the best at a French restaurant. For instance, one would not ask for sauerbraten anywhere except at a German restaurant. It will readily be seen that the elegant art of dining in San Francisco means much more than the sitting at table and partaking of what is put before you. Dining is an art, and its pleasure is greatly enhanced by a knowledge of foods, cooking, serving, national characteristics, and combinations of both foods and wines. How few people are there, for instance, who know that one should never drink any hard liquor, like whiskey, brandy, or gin, with oysters. Many a fit of acute stomach trouble has been attributed to some food that was either bad or badly prepared, when the cause of the trouble was the fact that a cocktail had been taken just prior to eating oysters. Some of the possibilities of dining in San Francisco may be understood when we tell you of a progressive dinner. We had entertained one of the exposition commissioners from a sister state 
and he was so well pleased with what he had learned in a gastronomic way that he said to us, The governor of my state is coming, and I should like to give him a dinner that will open his eyes to San Francisco's possibilities. Would it be asking too much of you to have you help me do it? We shall be glad to. What do you want us to do? Take charge of the whole business. Do as you please and go as far as you like. That is a wide order, General. What is the limit of price, and how many will be in the party? Just six. That will include the governor and his wife, you two and myself and wife. Let it be something unusual, and do not let the cost interfere. What I want is something unusual. It has been told us that when the governor got back home, he tried to tell some of his friends about that dinner. But they told him he had acquired the California habit of talking wide. This is the way we carried out the dinner everything being arranged in advance. At 6.30 we called at the rooms of the governor in the Palace Hotel and had served there dry martini cocktails with Russian caviar on toasted rye bread. An automobile was in waiting, and at 7 o'clock we were set down at Felix's in Montgomery Street where a table was ready for us, and on it were served salami of various kinds, artichokes in oil, and ripe olives. Then came a service of soup, for which this restaurant is famous, followed by a combination salad, with which was served a bottle of Ponte Canet. The automobile carried us then over to Broadway, and at the Fior d'Italia our table was waiting, and here we were served with sand-dubs or gratin, and a small glass of sauterne. All the haste we made was on the streets, and when we finished our course at the Fior Italia, we whirled away over toward North Beach, to the Guillaume du Jacques, where had been prepared especially for us taglarini with chicken livers and mushrooms, and because of its success we had a bottle of La Crema Christi's Bermanti, the enjoyment of which delayed us. Again in the automobile to Coppers, where chicken portola was served with green peas, accompanying this was a glass of crude, and this was followed by a glass of Zaboni for dessert. Back again to the heart of the city, and we stopped at Raggi's, in Montgomery Street, near Commercial, where we had a glass of brandy, in which was a chinotti, a peculiar Italian preserved fruit, which is said to be a cross between a citron and an orange. Then around the corner to Gulhadu and Rondell's, the market cafe, where from a plain pine table and on sanded floor we had our coffee royale. 
As a fitting climax for this evening, we directed the chauffeur to drive to the cliff house, where, over a bottle of crude, we talked it all over, as we watched the dancing and listened to the singing of the cabaret performers. This dinner, including everything from the automobile to the tips, cost but fifteen dollars for each one in the party. End of section 14